I'm I'm good. I was thinking good. about something recently. You know, you grow up grew up with a, a blue collar working dad. Yep. He went to work every day, worked at a junkyard. But you actually were growing up as I watched you. You were a pastor, a missionary, and you were more of a white collar, poor white collar, but white yeah, collar. Yeah. <laughs> but not actually the white collar. That was a, right. You're a white collar. <laughs> so you know the difference between blue collar, white yeah. collar work. If you're not familiar, the white collar work is more kind of working with your mind. You know, technology, all the tech stuff today would be white collar work. Yeah. Blue collar work would be more work of working with your hands, kind of you know hard man. What we would consider manual labor. Yeah. And I think in this world we've kind of, kind of started to look down a little bit on blue collar work, but and I wonder if we're losing something looking down on on blue collar work. And what I, what stood out to me when we went to Israel a few years ago, you and I were hiking in Israel and our guide was like, you got to go to this town called Zippori. And we're like, what is Zippori? And we're like, we, yeah. we want to skip that. And he's like, no, you need to see this. I had never heard of Zippori. We got there and he said, there's a very good chance Jesus built this town with his father, Joseph, with his, with his hands. And I was like, yeah. what? He's like, yeah, there was a very good chance, you know, there was stonemasons. So the word that we translated as carpenter in the Bible is actually tecton, which just means a skilled worker. And there ain't no trees around there. It's more likely he was a stonemason. Didn't build much with wood either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so furniture maybe. But but what stood out to me is the first thirty years of Jesus's life, he was a blue collar worker. Yeah. And yet the insight he gained, I mean, it says he grew in favor with God and man doing blue collar work. And I wonder if we're missing out on stuff. Thank God we don't have to like work so hard as much as we used to, thanks to machines and technology. Yeah. But I wonder if we're losing some stuff in our world in our capacities because of getting away from manual labor, just the hard manual labor that a lot of people always had to do. Yeah. I think we probably are, uh, you know, but, th- but that's gone on for a long time. I remember when I was in uh, high school, uh, I went to a counselor one time, only one time I went to a counselor and they looked at my grades and they said, you are a great candidate for the vocational program. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. That was like, what a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I'm like, oh, great. That's good. Does it mean no more math? I'm in. You know, that's all I cared about. Whatever I can do to get out of math because that's not my thing. Yeah, me neither. That's but, a, um, it's, it's your fault. That that's I'm not right. Good at you math. you yeah. inherited it from me, and I don't know where I got it from, but I didn't get it anyway. But yeah, so um, I was kind of headed down that track, actually, mm. and then ended up uh, being directed to college by a pastor and different things happened. But um, as you say, I saw that with my dad all life. And and there's a passage in Scripture. In fact, there's a couple of passages that I think of in, in uh, Beliefs in Ecclesiastes it's, or Lamentations. It says it's good for a young man to bear the yoke. And what it's basically saying is it's... It, it's good to work hard, you know, when when you're young like that. Because wow, you just busted things. out a verse from Lamentations three three twenty seven. It go. is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Yeah, that's impressive, Dad. Doesn't Lamentation- everybody read Lamentations on a regular basis? I haven't read Lamentations for ever. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, one of those happy books, you know. When oh you're, my God! When you're kind of feeling down, you can read Lamentations and realize, gee, I don't have it as bad as most people. You <laughs> well, know, as so. in lament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. But it is good. It's, so, what it's saying, it's good to it's it's good to work hard, bear the yoke. I mean, a yoke was what a, an ox wore to pull a load, you know. And it says it's good. And uh, let me let me stay on that one for a minute because there's another passage too. But but I think about that. Let me see if I can express this without getting into trouble here. Many times I think that, particularly for a young man, there's a lot of testosterone going. 
And um, if that testosterone is not directed in a positive way, mm. it can be directed in a negative way. A lot of times we get into trouble. What we're trying to do is fulfill a legitimate desire in an illegitimate way. Mm. And so there's that, there's that drive within us, and it's, I think it's intended to be used for hard work and for sports and things of that nature as well is okay. But I think if we, if we aren't expressing that in a positive way, there's that buildup within us that can get us into trouble. Mm. And so I think we're missing something in that way. That's what, it's a good for a young man to bear the yoke, to get that, get the energy out and to use that into... Uh, I mean, I hate to go political here. No, I don't hate to go political, but is that why there's so many people that get so much fulfillment out of burning things down and beating, beating cars and rioting? I, is know, there something there? I think there actually is something there. Yeah. I think there's another... I think a lot of that has to do with anger, too. That's yeah, there's up, anger, but it's, yeah. But it's not... It's, it's, well, and in a sense, let's think the best of the rioters and that, in a sense, they are seeking justice. Now, some yeah. of them are just out there to get a free TV. Okay? Right, right. I mean, that probably the majority of them. But there are some that really have a sense of justice. I want to find justice. But again, it's... That's it's, a male thing again, too. Like something in there like, yeah, protect the weak. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that's good, but it's trying to fulfill a legitimate desire in an illegitimate way. I've often just wondered, because the people I see out there protesting aren't the people that have been working 10 hours a day in the ditch, those guys are too tired to go out and protest. <laughs> exactly. They just go home and sit in front <laughs> like, of the TV and watch the protesters. I'm just going to be home and thank, thank God for the peace. Yeah. 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 So, again, the, there, I think that's one of the things that passed. I mean, there is an element. About. We're supposed to do physical. I mean, we're made physical bodies to do yeah. physical labor. It's good, to, it's good to work. It's good to bear the yoke. It's good to bear the yoke. <laughs> that, I mean, there's that other one in First Thessalonians too Yeah, that you would always tell me that. You're like, yeah. you're like Dad, I need to do more with life and quote I, that well, one. I, I, it, I remember when I first found this, I thought, wow, that's quite shocking actually. It, uh, First Thessalonians 4.11, it says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Which I thought, wow, that's so contrary to what we have today. You're supposed to be out there on the edge, you know, it's making funny a that difference says, in the world. Yeah, it's funny he says your ambition. When you think of yeah. ambition, you're like, go out and make a difference. He's like, yeah. your ambition should be lead a quiet life, <laughs> mind your own business. I didn't just make that one up. That's the second that's part. What it says, it says. Lead a quiet life, mind your own business, and work with your hands, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and but I, I love the, what it says. The result of that, I wrote down here, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain respect that comes by just flat working hard, you know, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody else. Mm. I remember when I, when I was in the Navy, um, the first duty station I was assigned to, it, it had a bunch of sailors that kind of had a mentality of you do the least you can to get by. But there was this one guy and he had been in the Navy earlier and got out and came back in. And so he was... 10 years older than most of us, maybe a little more experienced, you know? Um, and he, he didn't say much. He didn't do much, but everybody really respected him. And part of it was, man, he worked hard. Mm. He, he didn't give in to that mentality of just slough off, get by, do the least you can. He really worked hard. And I noticed watching them, everybody really respected this guy. He didn't say much. He didn't, you know, I mean, he was, he was a nice guy, easy to get along with, but he really worked hard. And I realized that's why everybody really respects this guy. So, I mean, that's exactly what the passage says. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, people looking out, those unbelievers that are seeing us. If, if we look like we're slovenly, if we look like we're just sloughing off and just getting by and whatever, you know, well, Jesus did it all. I just kind of, it, it doesn't win respect. Yeah. And a person who works hard oftentimes just brings respect because of the 
effort they put in. They do everything with excellence. I know one of the things that stood out to me that's pretty interesting is uh, when I've been speaking over the last few years, some of the guys that come up to me and say, man, I'm, I've shared some like, you know, some pretty prof- like heavy stuff in the Bible. And, and I've had a lot of guys, they're blue collar guys come up to me and they're like, man, I, you know, I was thinking about that a lot, but I didn't know how to put words to what you said today. And I'm like, you know, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm an electrician. I was like, man, that's, that's interesting that when you're, I mean, I've found that myself when we've been working on the cabins, the retreat center we're building. Once I know what I'm doing, um, <laughs> there's a lot of mental work that first ter- comes into learning. It out, but once yeah. I've learned it, there's some sort of like, okay, we've got to do this and I've just got to do this for four cabins. And I find that your mind has the capacity to do a lot of thinking about some pretty deep, profound things when you're doing kind of rote work. Yeah. And I thought, it's interesting to me that these guys that have come up to me after the sermon, I'm like, man, I've been really thinking about that. You're like, you wouldn't think that guy who, you know, digs ditches all day or swings a hammer all day or whatever, you know, runs, runs a crane all day would be thinking those things. But we're all deep people deep down. And maybe there's an element of when you're working with your hands, doing kind of the, the, the grunt work, the rote work, it actually frees up your mind to think a little bit deeper thoughts. I wonder if that's how Jesus came up with some of his stuff in the future. I mean, he used so many examples in his parables yeah. that are blue-collar type stuff, you know, work, working with sheep, uh, shepherding, uh, building things. Uh, well, they all were. You, you yeah. never talked about, now, consider the scribe. Right. You know, the guy who's copying scripture or something. Oh, that's true. They yeah. were all blue-collar. They were all the shepherds and all, because those were the majority of the people he was speaking to, of course. But it just, it, it just conveys the principles uh, more accurately too. So yeah. So say you're in a white collar job mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I got, I paid a lot of money for this degree. <laughs> I can't I can't stop and go go. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is something in a, I think in a man particularly like we feel a little bit of shame when white collar guys when they're around blue collar guys. I've seen this. It works both ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue white collar guys when they're around blue collar guys are like, oh man, like I missed that man card growing up, right? Yeah. And then I know a lot of guys that are blue collar guys that when they get around people that are white collar guys, they're like, oh man, I don't, those people make money without getting grease all over them yeah. or dirt all over well, they're them. They're so much smarter than me. And I, yeah. And there's yeah. some shame associated with it. But I, I think, you know, if you've been called the white collar work, there's no shame in that. Right. But how do you, what would you, I mean, what are some ideas for, for how to, we should have thought this out better and planned some answers to this, but what would what would you say to a white-collar guy that's like, I know I need to get some of that blue-collar into me, but I don't know how to build stuff. I don't know how yeah. to do anything. What, well, it wouldn't have been near as interesting if we had thought this out ahead right. of time. So that's let's, right. <laughs> well, I think of it this way. You, you mentioned when, you know, like, again, I was a pastoring, but in the first bunch of years, um, it was pioneering new churches. It was doing missions work and stuff like that. So we didn't have any money. So I learned how to fix the dryer. Mm-hmm. You know, I found I could call the Sears guy, call up Sears parts department, say, hey, this is doing this. What do I need? And they would send it to me. And then you just kind of figure it out from there, you know? So I fixed a lot of stuff. I broke a lot of stuff. Yeah. Finally, when we could afford it, my wife, Jana, and your mom said, please call somebody to fix it. Because <laughs> I would usually end up breaking it three times. I don't know how many times I said, just a little bit, oh, tighter. Oh, oh. Not to mention okay. the, the, the anger and frustration <laughs> welling up in the house. Yeah, let's not down. mention that. That yeah, was I, the biggest thing. <laughs> it's like... That's what Emily's complaining. She's like, it's not worth my stress for you getting this angry. Just hire someone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we got that point too. So, yes. but yeah, there is kind of some shame because see, like my dad, you know, I mean, he would he, he could would fix, fix anything. Yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah. He would go. He'd fix our cars. Okay, we oh, we always had broken down cars, you know, because he worked in a junkyard, so all of our cars were the best one in the junkyard that week, you know. So right. he'd bring it home, and so he'd work on them. And my whole thing was the thing I learned about mechanics is okay, push the brake, and I'd push the brake. <laughs> okay, hold it. <laughs> 
So there wasn't a whole lot of mentoring. Huh? That's all I did. Yeah. I never, he never let me under the hood, you know. So I, but I did sit in the seat, push the brake, push, the, turn on the turn signal, do those sort of things. So um, I find that there are still things you can do. Like I said, yeah. I, I learned how to fix washing machines. I learned how to fix dryers. I learned how to, uh, you know, do a lot of things. A little bit of electricity, you know. Um, I just know enough to know that you can do it right to where it works, but it can still be very dangerous. I learned that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Uh, it's not up to code, and there's a reason for those codes, and so yeah, um, yeah. I was I was thinking too. You like for me, uh, I'm a more white collar guy. I mean, I have a master's degree in counseling. That's not exactly like training in how to build anything. But one of the things I've had to learn is when you don't know, just have the courage to go ask somebody yeah. that does know. So there's guys at church that I'm like, hey man, I'll take a picture. I'm like, did I do this right? You know, like, yeah. and they're like, no, that's not right. That that wire needs to be here or whatever. Or that pipe needs to be there. And I think. It feels shameful that I should know this, but you know you don't. Yeah, yeah there's so much to know. Yeah, there's so much to know, and so it's it'd be like, you know, if you if somebody came up to you and was like, "Well, hey, I don't know what you know how to how to uh, do something on the computer," and you're a white collar guy, and you're like, "Well, you wouldn't feel any shame for a guy asking that. He just doesn't know. It's a training thing." I well, don't, it makes you feel good actually to be able to help yeah. somebody else, and it works both ways. The blue collar guy, if you come up and go, "Man, how do I do this?" and you know it. it it makes it, it imparts value to him. Yeah, and and that's the I mean that's the real truth of all of this. Like we do look down a little bit on blue collar in our society, which is ridiculous. It is. Like everybody should, you know. But we've all without the blue collar people keeping the world going. Yeah. Uh, which is I think is a really cool thing about how Jesus. I mean, he just set the example in so many ways. I mean, he is the pinnacle example of like the mystic preacher prophet. Yeah. But he's also a guy that which we don't read much about it, but. There's a very good chance with his bare hands, he was out there with his dad chipping away at rock, yeah. building these these beautiful buildings, and it's a balance. I think we need a little bit of both yeah. of that, and I, I feel like maybe we've gotten a little bit out of balance. I think it was at Mike Rowe. That's why he felt like he wanted to start that show, Dirty Jobs. He's like, the people that keep the world going in many yeah. ways, um, we take for granted, but they're such important roles, and I think it's so cool that Jesus didn't just come down, and he wasn't just some scribe, uh, yeah, teacher, um, fair. Um, what do you call those guys? The priest. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't a priest, but he showed up and he he worked with his hands, just like Paul's saying to do. And Paul did the same thing. I mean, Paul was a tent maker. He was yeah. a skilled dude, but yet he says he was one of the most trained. You know, he was trained by Gamaliel. He was yeah. a highly educated Jew, but he also knew how to build stuff. You know, I. I, you, as you were talking about that, I think I think yes, there has been a tendency in our society. I hope not in the church to look down on the blue collar, but um, I remember I I had a uh, uh, ministry in the valley that was asking me if we could find a director, and I said, so so what sort of things are you looking for in this director? What kind of skills? What kind of a person are you looking for? And she says, well, she said I don't need teachers or preachers. I got a boatload of those. I need somebody who can do something. <laughs> <Somebody> do something. <laughs> I thought how. Meaningful as that, Joe. I just need somebody to do something. There's lots of people who are happy to preach, lots of people yeah. who are happy to teach, but I need somebody who will really get in there and just get their hands dirty and do something. I remember that. One of the most kind of powerful teams we would ever get was when there was one there, one there group of guys that would come down mission teams. They were mechanics, and they just come oh, down yeah. and fix missionaries' cars, and we're like, please come back. Some of the preachers were like, hey, great great having you like yeah. move along we were like you want to with the mechanics and stuff we were like you want to stay because it's such a practical tangible yeah helpful thing well the other thing is that's those are the guys who know how to do something who survive 
Mm -hmm. You know, like for instance, with all the computer and all the technology, thank God for it, it's wonderful, love my cell phone when it works and things like that. But when the Chinese flip the switch and all that goes down, <laughs> when our power grid gets, or a winter storm comes in, yes, like the, last year in Texas where yeah. we lose power for a week. It's the guys who have an axe in their garage yeah. that you're going to be looking for, or a chainsaw in their garage that you're going to be looking for. Are we going to need to do another here. podcast on Christian prepping, <laughs> like how to prep for the apocalypse? <laughs> uh, I don't know on that one. You just moved to Utah or something. Oh, I think they've right. got it all taken care of up there. That's, that's true, though. It's like all the computer stuff we have depends on ability of somebody, like electricity to run through the wires. And yeah. if that doesn't happen, you're, you're dead in the goes, water. These are the, these are the guys, they've, they don't even need to be preppers. They just know how to survive. They, yeah. they know how to do something with their hands, you know. And so uh, you want to be real friendly with them. <laughs> that's right. If you can't become a blue-collar worker, there make you sure you have a lot of blue-collar friends. That love you and care, yeah, that, that will yeah. pick you up and do something when you're just helpless there because your computer went down, you know? Yeah. Well, just to close it out, if you're a white-collar worker like us, hey, uh, no shame in, in, uh, in what you do, but, man, it's... Learn don't to, undervalue the blue collar yeah, thing. And, and learn to do something with your hands as well. Yeah, like Paul says. Lead and if you're a blue collar guy, thanks for all you do. And, and thanks yeah. for keeping things going for the rest of us. And you're in good company. Jesus spent yeah. the first 30 years of his life as a blue collar dude. Yeah. And so. please answer the door during the apocalypse when we come knocking. <laughs> thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 